Everybody, 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 drop your box. Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. I'm Evan Ross Katz. And we're here talking Survivor 45. Episode 2 brought a bazooka to a tea party. Oh, shit. I forgot to meme that. Oh, you made the memes already. I made the memes. Wow. Look at you. I got 10. Oh, my God. I know. I was watching with your meme lens on Uh my eyes. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know if there's that much here. There is quite a bit, if you recognize that, for people that know my sense of humor, and I think a sense of humor that you share, the Katora Bruce stuff, to mm-hmm. me, uh, was a goldmine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Bruce, in general, about... was a goldmine. <laughs> yeah. Bruce is turning out to be a bit of a wild card on this season. I'm enjoying it. I also like the idea of like him jumping into confessional and being like, I'm totally self-aware. And it's like, you're more self-aware than you're putting onto in, you know, in the moments themselves. And yet you also lack a self-awareness. So there's like an interesting complexity to the Bruce storyline so far. Now, I don't want to get too conspiracy theorist theorist about this, but one of our patrons did send in a a message. So for those of you who aren't patrons, we host a weekly after show to accompany our recaps. It's very fun. We'd like to talk shit there. Not a lot of shit, but just a little shit. Um, And so, you know, if you're a patron, you'll see our close friend story calling for, what do you want to hear about on the after show? Somebody did send in that is... Bruce playing this up because he saw how popular Carolyn was on his season. Is there something inauthentic about the way he's acting or is this the real Bruce? I think there's something inauthentic about the way he's Mm. acting, particularly for those of us who tuned in to. So uh, Carolyn and Carson have been doing a series of Instagram lives. The other night they did one with Bruce. And then do you remember who the fourth person was? They did one with Bruce? No, I didn't know They that. did one with Bruce, which was surprising considering uh-huh. I don't think current cast members are supposed uh-huh. to be doing anything like that. Anyway, but they did one and, oh, oh, oh it was with Izzy from Big Brother. Oh. Uh, she was the fourth person. Yeah, the star of the Instagram Live. Anyway, but watching Bruce throughout, I just was like, this is such a different Bruce than, you know, the robot Bruce. And by robot, mm. I don't mean robotic in character. I mean robotic oh, robot in dance. doing the robot. <laughs> When he went down on the boat and pretended to hide, it was giving Valerie Cherish. It was so funny to me. I yeah, that was that was an instant classic. And it kept going. He was like, you thought he was just gonna do the one, and he just was like, the crowd is loving it, and he's gonna do more. And hey, I'm the crowd. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Also, Bruce had no way of knowing they were going to bring back the theme song this season. And so he brought it back himself, which is something only a few players have been shown doing, which I suspect happens on every season. I mean, if I was on Survivor, I would be singing the theme song a little bit. But the first time we ever saw that on Survivor, if I'm not mistaken, was Shireen in One World. And she was lambasted for it. Uh, But, you know, People still aren't loving it, honestly, now that Bruce is doing it, it seems. So maybe it's something that future Survivor players should not do. 
yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, now that we have the theme song back, we do not need the theme song sung by players in episode. So let's talk about it. Uh, Mm Because you and I, there's been a lot of back and forth between you and I offline about this. Uh, How did you feel about the much hyped, Uh then not included in the premiere episode, but now included in the second episode, return of the Survivor theme song, Ancient Voices? Originally, I was really annoyed that it wasn't in the premiere episode because I thought, how great would it be with Jeff standing at the edge of that boat, you know, saying whatever... I don't think he says the 26 days, whatever he says, but one survivor and then cut to the theme song. Like how powerful would that be? But then having seen the hype that it's built up for the second episode of the season, which typically would kind of like fly under the radar, I thought, oh, maybe this is actually quite clever. Now, the problem that I have is that uh, Survivor clearly reached out to a bunch of former players to post their theme songs. Um, I was told by Eliza Orleans that Survivor directly sent those players like high quality versions of those theme song videos for them to post. They all had the same message, something around like a trip down memory lane, tune into Survivor Wednesday nights at CBS. Um, So, and one of those people was Taj. So I don't know how they chose these people, but anyways, all that to say, we saw a lot of theme songs this week in the build up to this episode. And some of these are classic theme songs. I mean, Ethan posted the Africa theme song, which we're agreed is uh, the the best version of Ancient Voices that has ever been used on Survivor. And so to come into this with kind of like a plainer version, it's a little like it's a little bit of a letdown given only the hype. But look, I'm I'm very happy to have it back. Um, you know, I think they did as well as I could have expected them to do in 45 with it. And I don't want it to go anywhere. Like, I don't want to talk too negatively about it because I don't want it to go anywhere. Not that I have that power, but, you know. How did you feel about it? I was gagged. Um, (laughs) I'm a theme song girly. Like, I, when I watch Sex and the City, when I watch Buffy, when I watch Weeds, I do not skip a theme song. Um, I mean, I even I don't even watch Succession, and I listen to the Succession mm-hmm. theme song. Like that's that's how my brain works. I listen to the Six Feet Under theme song Great regularly theme song. on my runs, among my favorites. Um, so I love a theme song. Obviously, this theme song is important for a number of reasons, but also because this is one of those few Survivor things that everyone knows. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knows the Sue Hawk speech. Everyone knows the Survivor theme song. Fans or not, it permeated the culture. Mm-hmm. So to have that sort of like goalpost or tent pole or whatever, yeah, to have that back, I thought was huge. And I also had my expectations lowered to understand like we were not going to get an Africa level theme. Also something that you pointed out in our back and forth is like, because we're only on Fiji now, we don't sort of get those great location shots. Like we're very oriented on like player in the mud. But that said, like, of course, yes, we missed missed the way it was. Uh, But having it back, I thought was huge in it sort of signaling, like it was one of the first indications in the new era that like, the fans are being heard correctly. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, we have this instance of like the come on in, which I think you all know my opinion of like, that was, yes, there is a problem um, on Survivor that the come on in was attempting to address, but the way in which it attempted was missing the problem altogether. This is like actually like correcting a problem to me. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. And like, let me, let me just clarify my 
my slight criticism of the theme song is more that like I really love the visual aspects of the theme song that play into the theme of the season. So you look back at Panama, you look back at Vanuatu, you look back at Pearl Islands, there's really, really great visual cuts from the players to something else that tells me something about the season. In fact, in some of those like Vanuatu, Guatemala, Palau, like it even it's almost like thematically linked to the story of the season. Like it's really, really thoughtful. Where in 45, the number of cutaways we got just to the 45 logo, which in the early seasons, the logo was always saved for the very end of the theme song. That was the climax is that you would see the logo. Here, it was just like, if it wasn't a cutaway to a fish, it was a cutaway to the logo again and again and again. And so like, that's where I'm just a little bit disappointed. But look, like, and the remix of the song... I thought the voices, I thought the ancient voices should have been higher in the mix. They were a little buried, I thought. But look, (laughs) it's always time to improve for 46. Uh, I'm very happy it's here. But speaking of the fans being heard, not only did we get the theme song back, we got a previously on back for the first time in the new era, a previously on Survivor, which I feel like is just such a no-brainer to have because... Uh, I know that they seem to make the show for diehard fans, but like, let's be real. If 6 million people are watching this show, 5 million are casual viewers, I feel like. And so the previously on seems like an important thing. And it used to be really fun to analyze the previously on to figure out like what might be coming in the, in the current episode. Not something that I missed dearly, but it was a surprise return. And then the big one listening to fans is the rule change in the immunity challenge where You can no longer sit out in back-to-back challenges, period, right? It used to be that um, you couldn't sit sit out in back-to-back challenges in the same round, in the same episode, in the same three days, whatever you want to call it. Um, But because they have less frequent reward challenges now, you had people uh, like the Heathers or the uh, Claire's um, of the world sort of sitting out back-to-back-to-back-to-back episodes. That is no longer possible, as Jeff said. You, it, No matter what the challenge is and when it's happening, you can't sit out back-to-back. I like that. And that felt very pointed because there's a world in which they have that new rule take effect but don't actually mention it on the show because it doesn't really matter to the viewer. They did we mention just, it on the show. No, I know. I'm saying it oh. was pointed that they did. Because oh, I'm yes. saying okay, it's like okay. they wanted to make it clear. It wasn't because yeah. there's a world in which they tell the players that and mm-hmm. we, the audience, don't know. We just assume that they're just choosing different players. But I felt like it was an attempt for the show to like, much in the same way that Jeff has his pointed comment about it being a new puzzle later in the episode, this felt very pointed to me as far as like telling the audience that what you saw last season with Claire will not happen again this season. Mm-hmm. Jeff One more wants thing, workhorses. Yes, there's one more thing too, and and maybe a little bit more subtle, but the way the journey worked was different than what we've previously seen, where uh, in all, uh, well, it depends on what we're talking about, but in some of the more recent seasons, there have been points where the player gets to the uh, the risk your vote decision in the journey and they're given no choice. They have to risk their vote. Here, they arrive at the puzzle. They're giving given full details about the puzzle, what it's going to cost them, that they are going to risk a vote, what they will get, an advantage, how long they have to do it, how the puzzle works, and then they get to make an informed decision about whether or not they want to participate. And that I'm a okay with like I'm not I'm not a big fan of like tons of advantages in the game but like if it's completely left up to the player as to whether or not they want to engage in this 
I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. So can you explain to me your understanding of like, they read the three of them go off to Shipwheel Island or whatever it is, and they mm-hmm. like read the thing, and it's like, take some time to get to know each other. Now mm-hmm. in the past, the taking the time to get to know each other was on the journey to the top of the mountain. So like yeah. they were doing a task. This one was sort of like, we're all just gathered in a circle. For Is, is that like five minutes? Is that a half an hour? <laughs> yeah. Was the producer like sort of like, you know, was there a, a, um, an hourglass for their conversation as well? It just was confusing to be like, because you're not doing anything, it felt like this is just time to talk game, which they did, as opposed to walking up a mountain together when you can really get to know each other, like mm-hmm. beyond the game. I didn't really know like what the utility of that was, especially when it's so pointed about being like, use this time to get to know one another. And it's like, okay. Yeah, agreed. This was was a little confusing to me because, and I don't know that there's like a good solution to this. I mean, like the solution is get rid of Advantage Island altogether, but that's not going to happen. But I don't know that there's a solution to this because you think back to like 41, 42, when they were going on these journeys, these hikes, and 90% of the time, we got a montage of them walking and not much uh, understanding of what they're talking about on that walk, which like that is a perfect time to get to know somebody personally, whether it pays off in the game or not. But we would only get like, uh, like the very few examples I can think of like Shan and Liana and 41, like coming together. And that's what breaks Liana off from the Yasa tribe eventually. Right. Um, Where that does have an impact on the game. But for the most part, these journeys really don't amount to much as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Except I guess you had like, was, was, yeah, Carolyn and the boys were out there, right? Um, I'm trying to remember Danny and somebody else. And that's when they were talking over her. And so like that kind of did have an impact on her game. But that was like a different kind of, that was the thing where they went there and it was just like, just have fun and eat. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. quite the same journey format. Here you had Drew just sort of like standing around asking uh, Bruce and Brandon, hey, tell me about your tribes. And that's kind of it. And, and we only get the slightest indication that Bruce didn't give much up and that Brandon spilled and nothing about what Drew might have said. So but also I, it's like, like, I don't know that I really learned much considering especially no. that Brandon went home in this episode. It's like, well, what is the impact of this ultimately? We're also three days in. So like how much is there to spill? They've had like one yeah. immunity challenge so far. It's yeah. funny that there was a lot of conversation, which I, I didn't, not appreciate but a lot of the conversation taking place as though we're much deeper in the game as far as just like relationships so for instance like when it came to emily talking about like turning things around the blunt force that she began the game with again like it's three days in it's not as though she's been like playing this way for a long time and she needs to make this huge pivot it's more of like hey her first impression was one way but she has plenty of time unless she's like there's there's way more game left and i do know yes you could say well yes she was saying just that she was saying i came out the gate really hot but I still was watching this episode being like, there's a feeling, and again, this is not a negative, that we're a lot deeper into the game than we are. Mm. But I also think that that makes it feel more familiar. Um, can I pause us? Mm-hmm. Can we play a round of Star or Starless? <laughs> yeah. Okay, because I think it's fun. I got good yeah, feedback yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. okay, Brando. Brando. Ugh, Starless. Starless. Bruce. But I did appreciate the tube top. Bruce, star. Star. Jake. Starless. Starless. Katora. Star. Starless. No. Kelly. Starless. Starless. Kendra. 
Starless, surprisingly, Starless. this episode. Austin. Starless. Starless. D. Star. Starless. Drew. <laughs> it kind of a star. Star. Uh, I forget. We have. I have her. Oh, J. Maya. Sorry. Starless. Starless. Julie. Starless. Starless. Uh, Sifu. Starless. Starless. Brandon. Star. Star. Emily. Star. Star. Caleb. Starless. Starless, but on the rise. But there, yeah. Yeah. Sabaya. Star. Star. Sean. Starless. Starless. Okay, good. We're, <laughs> wow. we're more, we're more or less aligned. aligned. Almost, almost. I feel like I would say Katora for me is fringe in that like, I would say Katora and Caleb fall into this category of like, I definitely have my eye on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in terms of like who emerged in this episode, this was really Sabaya's episode. Because yeah, we, to- oh, totally. obviously Brandon played a big role in this episode, but we, we kind of met Brandon last week. Mm-hmm. I feel like Drew and Sabaya were the two characters that emerged in this episode. And it's funny because I was watching last night with Billy and he was like, ugh, like Drew is so yuck. And I'm like, yes, Drew is so yuck. <laughs> and I want Drew on my screen. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's like reluct- I reluctantly gave him a star in the same way that John Cochran was a star. See, but I think there's a difference between I feel like with Drew, why I can appreciate him a little bit more is he has the bravada of someone very different than the way he looks, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like he's giving aesthetically, he's giving Cochran, but his attitude is, he's way more confident. It's like, mm. you even get the impression that like, he would fancy himself a ladies man. Um, <laughs> and so I appreciate, there's like a complexity to Drew that I find intriguing. Now I gotta ask, D is, D, never have we seen somebody rip a plant out of the ground with one big toe in Survivor and then twirl it around. And D is not a star? Well, you'll get her in meme form. Okay. (laughs) So you got that. I would say to me, it's not like a star is born. Oh, a star was born. Okay. Agree to disagree. We're far from the shallow now. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. Um, and did you catch that Austin said about her big toe, you could pick up a backpack with that thing. Famously, Dee is a backpack designer. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she needs to capitalize on that free promo on her social. They um, should do an ad campaign where like, wait, <laughs> you know how the top of a backpack has like a little hook so you can famously, put it on hanger? Yes. Yeah. Famously, I don't think hers does, actually. I looked it up. It's one of those ones with rolls on the top. You roll it up. I don't like that. I don't like that because if you have to get into it, you can't just swing it around. You have to put it on the ground and then unroll it. Anyway. I stand by what I said in our cast assessment. No one is looking for the backpack to be improved. It's a very functional device. Anyway. Uh, I am. Uh, <laughs> but, but if she did have a hook, it could just be like, wipe. picture this, white background, backpack, hook, Toe coming in from off screen, holding it on the hook. Okay, I want to move way past this episode. Sorry. Um, (laughs) I do want to give a quick shout out to Jake's back hair. I feel like we do not get a lot of back hair representation in television, scripted or otherwise. And Mm -hmm. so I just want to give a quick shout out to Jake's back hair. Jake giving us flashbacks to He Who Must Not Be Named from season two in the previews for next episode. It looks like a firefall. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Scary stuff. But famously, they misdirected us in season two. So maybe this is a misdirect. And instead, see, I don't know if you remember this. 
in season two, the previews were like someone's in trouble, but the way they edited it together looks like somebody was eaten by a crocodile or an alligator, whatever mm-hmm. whatever they have in Australia. So maybe um, that's Jake's So maybe <laughs> instead of falling into the fire, Jake is eaten by a crocodile. Yikes. What about um, that? That would be a first. <laughs> Survivor history in the making. Uh, Okay, can we talk about the Lulu tribe a little bit more? Because this episode is about a lot of things, but one of those things. Lulu yellow. Lulu yellow. Okay, sorry. The Lulu lemons, as Sean called them. Ah, yes, yes, yes. The Lulu lemons. Which uh, somebody asked us, does he know what that means? What did he? You get the impression, not so much. Well, I guess like you've got a lemon. Right, I think that's what he was thinking. Uh-huh. You know, you got a lemon; it's like a not a great tribe. Plus, they're the yellow tribe, so it kind of fits. And then Lululemon, we all—it's a play on words, you know. You know uh, what it's th- giving there me? There was like six cast members on here who were like pun champions. Sean might have been one of those. Uh huh. It's giving me the Britney Spears song "If You Seek Amy," which is like I've never understood <laughs> because it's like I understand it means like fuck me yeah, but like yeah. if you seek amy doesn't have any doesn't meaning mean so like mean that's what this is giving me where it's like i see what you're doing but in order to successfully do this it has to work in both contexts and mm-hmm. so that's that's this mm-hmm. it had to be like they were all not only were they the lemon tribe but they were all they all split their tights on the t- on the beam and the challenge mm-hmm. there needs to be like another element there mm-hmm. to tie in the lululemon um, but I felt like this episode was very much about Emily's redemption arc, or is it? You felt? Well. I feel like that was like underlined exclamation point. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just like, I think that they, they that, that was the arc. <laughs> Uh-oh. Someone called the art police. Hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But there are so many great moments with Emily where, like, she's really emerging. I know it's only episode two. I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but one of the great characters of the new era. Like, the confessional. So, okay, coming back from tribal council, she sort of has this uh, apology tour to go on. And yet her apologies, like, aren't. It's not that they're insincere, but they're sort of always like qualified sort of like, but you made me feel this way, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate because she's not just like couch hoeing to everybody. And then she's out scrambling to find an idol. And, you know, Sabaya tries to be like, well, we're, we're going to look in pairs. And I like that Emily is sort of like, well, I, look, I'm not an idiot. Like, I'm going to look by myself. Leave me alone. Um, and. That's really great. And she's just so great on camera and the way she's telling her story. We got actually on the fly confessionals of her look while looking for the idol, which feels so natural and like refreshing, uh, very old school survivor. And then that you have this take a turn all in one episode where Caleb recognizes, hey, here's this floater like that that is somebody to be used especially in a small tribe Uh, i'm going to take her under my wing sort of like counsel her on like how she can get in back into everybody's good books and that she takes the advice and it seems to work Uh, and and you have that great confessional where she's like sort of coming to terms or realizing this about herself and that she can do this and that that you know she's, she's realizing aspects of her personality that are heightened on survivor but but do appear in her real life and that she, that that moment when she starts crying like i thought was really effective I thought it was really effective as well. And I was really glad that we had a character like Caleb because I think so often on these six tribe formats, you sort of get set in 
who is working with who very early on, and there's not a lot of like shifting around. And I was worried. I was like, oh, Caleb, Sabaya, and Sean are this three, and like there's just there's no room to to maneuver from here. And yet Caleb sort of like opened up the possibility that, in fact, it's like, you kind of think, like, Caleb could final two with Emily. Like, she, she, that is really a pair that I would love to see work together. My, my, um desired outcome with Emily, because yes, I agree so far, Emily, star of the season, star. Um, I do wish that, like, this arc to me was a little been there, done that in terms of like, I started off the outside and then I changed my strategy in terms of like, uh, you know, easing up and everyone came around on me. I was craving that wink from her in the confessional mid cry Mm. to be like, I'm gonna do this. And like, I understand, but like, I'm still playing a game. And like, so I felt like there was I sort of saw her as like this really powerful figure in episode one. And it's not to say that I found her like unpower whatever the antonym of powerful is here but i did think that it was like i expected a little bit more like iconography and i feel like this was sort of like more par for the course Mm. does that make sense i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying but even though we've seen something like this i don't think that i've seen it told in such a way that i was this interested or this Mm -hmm. invested in the character and 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 i feel like there's a yeah, and I feel like there's a, a still a lot of room for Chaos Emily to show up. As she said in this episode, a tiger can't change its stripes. So, yeah, she's chilled for now. Now that Brandon's gone, she's still on the outs of this tribe. And if this tribe goes back to tribal council, I don't know what that looks like for Emily. Um, or, like we saw in the preview, like, their people are something's up with Caleb and they're not trusting him. Can she squeeze her way in, push out her mentor, and sort of take his spot in the alliance? I, like, I think there's still a lot more fun stuff that could happen with Emily in the future. I, like, this was good f- for her for a couple days, but I do think the chaos will reemerge. Mm, I'm hopeful about that. And I do feel like just, like, Emily and Sabaya as, like, frenemies is a very intriguing mm-hmm. twosome to me. Yeah. And can we talk about Sabaya's idol? Because Brandon finds the beware advantage that Emily was searching for, very cleverly says, I don't want to open this, and gives it to Sabaya, and they manage this task seems easier than the task that Austin had, which was just put the clue up against your tribe map where Austin has to do it at the tribe. Like you can just kind of do that. I feel like, or you could take the map and take it to a discrete location where Austin's is in the open, in the middle of the tribe. So like, why not make it the same for everybody? Mm-hmm. I guess they don't want people sharing information like they did with the beads in 43 or something like that. But um, oh my god, the beads! The beads! Remember the beads? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but I really liked this sort of treasure hunt that led them to the tree, and they couldn't figure it out. And then it turned out to be this what I thought was kind of a cool mechanism of chopping down the vine to drop the coconut. Um, that that sort of like it was all right in front of you the whole time. Like I liked that aspect of it. Not that it was like some impossible feat. You didn't actually need a ladder of ten people to get up there. Um, so I really did like how that was hidden. And then that it's in this wax, this, I don't know. I mean, Sabaya was calling it a candle. I didn't see a wick on it, but like, if it is a candle, I like that concept. It's very, um, <laughs> what's that? What's that company? What's that company where you like buy the candle and it burns and there's like a, like a ring inside or something. It's like a very suburban, uh, 
it's a very suburban thing. Lululemon? Anyways, it's, it's very that. It's not Lululemon, but it would be next to a Lululemon at the mall. Mm-hmm. It's like Charmed or something. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I really like this mechanism, and I thought it was really funny how they did it, that it's hidden in wax, and that this whole time Lulu hasn't had fire. Okay, so here is the question. Uh-huh. And I really would like an answer from production on this. If Sabaya brings that idol in the wax to tribal council, uh-huh. where there is a fire sitting uh-huh. right in front of her, uh-huh. can she melt the wax at tribal and get her idol? Like, for sure, 100% not, is my guess. But Jeff has been known to bend rules for clever things to happen at tribal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's kind for of players like, to hmm, be... I need fire. And yeah. here I am sitting right in front of a fire. And to your point, I feel like Jeff would love, Jeff loves good television being made. And I think Jeff, totally. Jeff being gooped by his own game, I think would be so exciting for Jeff, producer Jeff, totally. that he would be like, absolutely. But also, how would you do that? Just throw it in the well, fire? Well, here's the question. Is the, is the idol itself fireproof? Has to be. Yeah. So then, yeah, I would just throw in the fire. But then it wouldn't it be funny if she threw it in the fire but couldn't get it out? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you get it out? But if it's a candle, like if it's actually Didn't a they candle, leave tribal with the tor- with their torches? Yeah, but in the new era, like that's just for the shot. In the new era, if you haven't earned your flint, they put out your torches before you go back to camp. Honey, then we can't get the shot. Like that's, I don't like that. I know. Hey, speaking of the shot, do you know that they spoiled this episode in their promos this week? I knew that Lulu was going to tribal council because in their promos this week, they had the shot of Lulu walking into tribal council with their torches lit, which didn't happen last week because they didn't have their torches. Wow. How bad is that? It's very Paramount Plus. (laughs) Keep your eye on the ball, Survivor. Jesus. Uh, Yeah, I do really like this. I would have loved if she threw it in the fire at Tribal, but I think that she'll be able to burn through it soon enough. And if it is a candle, like that's really fun too, because imagine if you're Austin and you're trying to keep this a secret and you got to keep a candle burning for like six hours without anybody finding it. Like that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the Bello tribe a little bit. This is the blue tribe. If you're looking at your uh, guide, Evan. <laughs> uh, so this is the Bruce tribe, of course, but there's something else I want to talk about here. And that is the use of the tube top or the use of a buff as a tube top. Can I just give a shout out to my friend, Rick, one of our patrons who, Rick, li- what? I was going to say Rick Devins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we Save cannot find. We cannot find about that. Yeah, okay, after show. Yeah, uh, no, but my friend Rick uh, sent me a message yesterday morning before the episode. Hold on, let me pull it up just so like I'm reading. And Rick literally texted me, "Why don't men wear the buff as a top?" Survivor questions I think about while showering. Yesterday at nine thirty one a.m. and cut to gag. Yeah, if Rick is. A psychic medium, he has got a future on any international traders season. Well, we first need Rick on Survivor, and then we can okay. toss him yeah. over to, to, to Survivor. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so, yeah, you go first for this moment. I think we'll Well, yeah, look, we've been talking for a long time about how uh, nobody's wearing their buffs as, as tube tops anymore, but I feel like 
Now that the 45 players have seen how sturdy the buff is, having used it in the immunity challenge last week to pull entire human beings up a wall, they're like, well, because this is the thing. I have some buffs in my house. And have I thought about putting them on as a tube top? Absolutely. But I wouldn't want to stretch them out and break them. Um, now that I know how strong they are, I, I might just take this uh, Survivor 43 buff I'm looking at right now. Are we going to get this on the Instagram? I'm not doing it. Would Cody? Oh, Cody would 100% do it. Can we make this happen? Yeah. Billy would it's do it too. I just need to get a buff. Actually, I have a buff. You have a buff? Yeah, my friend made them for like, we played like a party oh. game at her house once. Cute. And then we like made buffs for everyone after the fact to like memorialize it. But like none of us are really friends anymore. Oh my God, I, I hope that. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Trauma. Oh my God. Okay, well, anyway. we've got the buff tube top back because the... Uh, the Women's Alliance over at Bella, which may be short-lived, of uh, Kelly, Katura, and Kendra, um, which maybe they shouldn't be an alliance because it would be the KKK alliance. Mm. I know. Uh, <laughs> like, what are they? They're all September babies, and they all start with K. It's getting a little suspicious. Anyways, so they're sitting around with Brando, and uh, they convince him to try on the top. Now... My only complaint here is that Brando put the buff on over his shirt. I have, that's, that's the complaint. Because I've seen Brando's little body. It's a cute little body he's got, and it would look great with a tube top on it. Yes. So next time. I think that that's just like, look, uh, straight men, they're not always so comfortable so comfortable that he's gonna like actually put a tube top on that he mm-hmm. has to keep the the layer of the shirt underneath to to maintain his masculinity so i don't think that was the vibe like i think that, that is totally a thing i don't think that was the case for brando i just think he i think he just didn't fully like uh understand like what was going on like i don't think it was a i'm not going to like fully go there kind of moment but i would love to see Austin, look at my cheat sheet. Austin, uh, try on the buff, and I, mm-hmm. I, I have maybe some reason to believe that like Austin is listening to this podcast. Just maybe, and if he is, uh, this is just an encouragement uh, to model your buff uh, in the buff. <laughs> yeah, I. Austin um, sees our thirst, by the way, which I, I'm enjoying. He does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, if somebody was posting stuff about me like that, I would be so happy. Yeah. Um, okay, but what we have here in Bello is a breakdown of the alliances. And what we, and ultimately where we land out is that Kelly and Brando turn out to be in the middle of this tribe in between two groups. So Kelly's sort of like she can stay with the girls' alliance of, uh, with Kendra and Katura and bring Brando into that, which he seems down for. Or they can join Bruce and Jake, who are a little concerned about a women's alliance coming together. Um, And Kelly's sort of like weighing the options. And it seems like Brando is just going to go where she goes. And it's interesting. I think it's an interesting play from Kelly. Like she's really recognizing the strengths and weaknesses of going both ways and sort of understanding that I think Kelly would love to go with the girls. But she's also like that has been a sinking ship in recent years. So 
maybe I just align with these strong guys. And like, there's a lot of reverence for Bruce. Like, plus he's a target for me later on. I imagine this is going through her mind. Like there are benefits to going with Bruce and Jake. I got to say this for me was like the C plot, like of the episode. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I'm not invested in this dynamic at all. I see, we see this all the time. It completely might make sense why she would be divided. And there are pros and cons to both choices. So therefore it's just not, I I find nothing like new here within all of this. And then also looking at Kendra's performance in the challenge, it's like, yeah, I mean, as much as, especially us drop your buffs heads as much as we want the all-female alliance i understand from kelly's perspective why that is not her best move um totally makes sense so this to me was sort of like this felt like uh the 90 minutes giving service to making sure that everyone is seen well and i think i like that there was no, moments I, yeah, during that's this not, 90 that's minutes not a complaint. yeah yeah there we was need a moments during, yes we do there were moments during this 90 minutes where i was like this is dragging Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't complain because I now understand, even though Lulu has gone to tribal council twice in a row, I feel like I have a really good grasp on the dynamics of the other tribes. I feel like I do too. And I and I did enjoy this episode genuinely. Like, again, we're two weeks in, but I already think that this... And, and, you know, I'm being a, a quick draw. I would already, already put 45 above 41, 42, and 43. Again, two episodes in, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, however, yeah. however, I do feel like I would love to see the 60-minute version of this episode. It's not that I didn't like the 90. It's that just like 90 is a lot of time. Even when something time. is good, it's still a lot of time. And I think about, you know, shows like Sex and the City, these masterpieces that did it in 30 minutes. I just, I think the idea that like more is better is just not always true so to me keep the 90 minute create a 60 minute version for the girls on the go <laughs> yeah you know what i mean because yeah drag don't, they, race, don't they do that with some of some old shows they'll like yeah they'll so drag race for... was 60 minutes this past season for season 15 and then months later they released the 90 minute cut that's great. I love that. So for Survivor, we do the opposite. We air the 90 minute and then we release the 60 minute after the fact. Release the 90 minute cut of Panama. Hello. Or China. Imagine that. I mean, every season that we love, we love yeah. 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we could literally just go down the list of our favorite seasons and be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that release Ooh, that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Rele- release the 20 minute cut of Kakayan. Hmm. I'm here for that. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the Reba tribe. Release the 10-minute cut of All Winners. Anyway. <laughs> all Winners. You still call it All Winners. What is it? Oh, Winners, winners at, war. at War. They weren't at War. Well, they weren't All Winners and they weren't at War. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> I felt like I was at war. <laughs> Seriously. <my> television. <laughs> and we lost uh, the war. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Reba tribe because we also get the dynamic breakdown there, which is that this I thought was interesting because Drew came out of this episode of Star, but it was Julie who pulled together this alliance of Drew, Austin, D, and herself. And then we sort of like get this POV from Julie that I'm going to bring Drew in because he's sort of like, he's like a son to me. I think I can play on that. But then the POV shifts to Drew's POV and he gets this like mastermind sort of confessional about how he's pulled together this alliance and they're going to be his minions, etc. I don't love that. Like this was, as it was presented, this was Julie's plan. And now like within the span of three minutes, it's been attributed to Drew. But I think that's interesting in sort of showing the fact that 
someone who thinks that they're masterminding something with someone else, that other person can think that they are the mastermind. So I think what you were craving, it sounds like, was it's not that it's like, sure, Drew can have that, but we need to go back to Julie then. Because yeah, it yeah. felt like it completely shifted over in giving full credit to Drew rather than portraying it as them both thinking they're in control. Yes, because it seemed to me like the show itself was co-signing Drew's narrative. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, the show is definitely, you can tell the show is invested in Drew. Very. Like, you can tell the producers are like, they're like, oh, well, if Rick Devins doesn't work out on the podcast next season, Drew's a contender. And then, because not only does Drew and Julie have this alliance together, but uh, later we see, well, of course, Drew is the only one to finish his puzzle at uh, Shipwheel Island. And he comes back and shares the, everybody shares the honest truth. Uh, well, everybody we see, Brandon and Drew, shares the honest truth. Um, Bruce, who didn't risk his vote, we don't see what he told his tribe. So very curious to get Katura's take on what she thinks happened to Bruce uh, on the journey. But... Yeah, I just, I don't love on Survivor when, like, players are forced into a situation where, like, they come back and they, like, there's only, it's like you either tell the truth or tell a lie, mm -hmm. but, like, it's like you have to come back and everyone's, like, waiting for the moment when you, mm -hmm. like, this, this sort of, it feels a little antiquated to me, this idea of, like, gather around everyone and I'm either going to tell you the big lie mm -hmm. or spill the whole truth. I, there's just no alternative. I, I don't, I don't live for that. <laughs> to continue on my uh, thought here is that, we do see Drew reveal his safety without power advantage that he earned on the journey and that Austin is really taken by that and is like, wow, Drew's a really trustworthy guy. I'm going to tell him about my beware advantage. And they do solve the clue, but we have not yet seen them find the fallen palm tree where they need to dig. So we do see this duo come together within the four. Um, so Lulu does lose immunity and they go back uh, to tribal council. And it really comes down to Brandon or Emily. And I thought it was really interesting how this all got played by Emily because here she was being coached by Caleb. She's sort of like earning her way back into the good books on this tribe. And then she goes one step further and uses this thing that doesn't matter in the game, her shot in the dark, gives it to Sabaya, the person she's had the most conflict with, and says, look, like, as a show of trust, here's my shot in the dark. And that's really interesting because Emily didn't know that the shot in the dark was the one thing that Sabaya was concerned about and the reason that she was considering voting for Brandon over Emily. Here she hands it over, and this would be a great opportunity for Sabaya to just cleanly vote out Emily, but she doesn't. She ends up going for maybe a stronger tribe and somebody that she might be able to work with in the future. Mm. That was a really interesting vote. It was an interesting Granted, vote. odd that th there's only three votes at Tribal Council in the second episode of the season, but... Right, like, we, Jeff reads out two names, and we already... Yeah. Two, 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 yeah, and then it's already decided. Um, I do think this was the best-case scenario, though, in, in the sense mm -hmm. that, like, I felt like Brandon's arc felt fully complete. Um, it's like he got a great two episodes where he is certainly a memorable early boot to say the least. Um, but we needed Emily on the show and we will continue to need Emily on this show. Uh, it's interesting thinking about Emily in comparison to Carolyn and how lucky we were that we got Carolyn the full season when thinking about past Survivor characters, like Reem comes to mind, and it's like, had they not had Exile Island uh, for Reem to continue on, they would have lost such a big character early on. Um, 
Emily is clearly someone who is going to drive story this season. The mm-hmm. producers surely know that. How big a bummer would it have been if Emily, after having this huge turnaround in terms of her strategic game and also her sort of like revelations about how she exists in the world, how unrewarding would it have been if it was like, well, that's a chop. Totally. And you remember back to those early days of 44, like Carolyn was in trouble sometimes with those early tribals. How different would the season have been? Yeah. So what we do need at this point, though, is it's like we cannot have yellow back at tribal, Um, not just because we don't want Emily to go. Also, because it's like we've done two episodes that are so centered on this tribe and Mm -hmm. it's been great television. It's time that we we need to go drop down. And I have to say my speculation is that all eyes on the red tribe. Sorry, I'm going to write the names Mm. down for the future. Because yeah, because again, the blue tribe it was giving me C plot, and I feel like episode three we got to go center, put the B plot, make the B plot the A plot. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. So for your meme cap this week, what do you want people to comment on Instagram as an emoji? Do you have anything in mind? I don't have my phone on me, so I can't look. But um, maybe like a little—is there like a gymnastics beam uh, in honor of Kendra's very, very hard crotch? hit on the is beam. there a gymnastics beam huh that's just like so specific no there's not i mean that didn't there's not happen. a gymna like it, i know there's like gymnastics girlies in there i, uh, I thought I, I can picture one on a beam i just wouldn't need, I, I searched gymnastics and nothing came up i, I mean like go to the sports section there's a oh, the sorry i literally don't have my phone with okay me. i've got ballet shoes okay do we have anything else watch as there is a beam and i'm like shaming you <laughs> Which would happen? Uh, I'm not seeing a beam. Okay. A lot of rock climbers, a lot of bikers. Um, yeah, not seeing the beam. Um, what about like a candle for Sabaya's burning uh, idol? Oh, I love it. Totally. A burning candle. Burning candle. Okay. Sabaya, star. Sabaya, star. Does Sabaya follow us? Star. Star. Does Sabaya follow us? Sabaya does follow us. Okay, work. Also, you know, sorry, last thing is I'm so captured by Sabaya's accent because it seems to drop in and out at times um, in a really fascinating way. I'm sort of like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, every time I hear her, I feel like she sounds a little bit different. It's literally like cast more truck drivers. Yes. Survivor, colon, all truck drivers. (laughs) Truck drivers at war. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 90 minute cut. (laughs) (laughs) All right. With that, thank you so much. We will see you at the after show. If you are a patron, if you're not a patron, (laughs) go check out our Patreon. The link to that is in the show notes of this episode. Of course, you can find us on Instagram at drop your buffs pod on Twitter at drop buffs pod until next week with episode three. Thanks for listening. See you then. Bye. Let's talk some shit. Bye.